We are going to continue our series um, in the book of Ephesians with love incorruptible. And we're going to be looking at Ephesians 5 verses 1 through 21. And so I'm just going to jump in and we're going to read that. And then we'll go back and we'll kind of break it apart. That okay? Everybody okay today? How about them Braves, huh? So excited for you guys. Ephesians 5, chapter 1. I mean, Ephesians 5, verse 1. This is what the Word says. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God and Christ. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of the darkness, but instead expose them. For it's shameful to even speak of the things they do in secret. But anything exposed by the light becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence, for Christ. God, would you bless the reading of your word? Would you open up its treasures to us? And we pray it in Jesus' name. All God's people said one, one more time. Amen. Be imitators of God. Verse 1. Um, we all grow up trying to imitate something, don't we? I mean, if you have kids, you know, they, little girls have baby dolls, right? Why? They want to be mommies. They have princess dresses because they want to be princesses, right? They, they do a lot of things. I mean, I don't want to stereotype girls. I mean, some girls play sports, and I understand all that and want to be soccer players. But I'm saying it's innate in little girls. This whole, they, they see the mom, the baby doll thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost universal. Little boys, what do they want to do? Hmm? Superheroes, yeah. My, my son Casey spent his whole childhood with a fake sword stuffed 
in the back of his shirt because there's a Nintendo character named Link. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Peter Pan. I had this, we went to, to Yellowstone Park when I was a kid. And my grandfather, because my parents wouldn't buy it for me, bought me a, a little knife that had a little sheath. And I, I wore it all the time. It was like a butter knife. But I just, I wanted to fly. I wanted everything Peter Pan did, I wanted to do. Um, little boys want to be soldiers. They used to want to be cowboys. I don't know if that's a, a big thing anymore. Um, when I was a kid, really, after the Peter Pan stage, all I wanted to do was play baseball. And I would, this is the heaviest bat. Who, you could swing this bat. All I would do when I was a kid was, would, there was only one game on a week. It was the game of the week on Saturday. But I would watch it every week. And every player, I would, I would try to figure out exactly how they swung the bat. I mean, I would do this. Anybody remember this? This is old school. Anybody remember this? Who is that? Willie Stargell. We are family. That was a long time ago. Okay. Um, you remember this one? Joe Morgan. Yeah. You won't know this one, but this was my favorite player. Okay. He would do this every time. His name was Cesar Cedeno. He played for the Astros. He turned out to be a domestic violence abuser, so I guess we've always been cheaters. <laughs> when I was in the sixth grade, hope my mom's not watching. When I was in the sixth grade at Bowie Junior High School in Beaumont, Texas, I went through a cussing phase. Everybody cussed. And so for about six weeks, everything I said was a cuss word. I wasn't even good at it. And I'm not happy about it, but it's, I don't think middle school's changed much. I think middle school is still, you look around at what's going on and you try to fit in. Is that still true? Guess what, it doesn't stop in middle school. It doesn't stop in high school. It doesn't stop in college. It doesn't stop as a grown-up. We're always imitating what's around us, and we have to make choices to not to. What are you imitating today? As you look at your life, and I'm not trying to say that you're doing anything wrong. I'm saying as you look at your life right now, what are you trying to imitate? Are you trying to fit into the world around you? Are you trying to fit in at, at your job, with a, with a group of friends, in a relationship? What are you trying to imitate? Be imitators of God. How do we become imitators of God? Would you like to know? Um, verse 2. Walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. How do you imitate God? You walk in love. You give yourself away. 
and you smell like Jesus. But how do you do that? Don't you love it when I just keep asking questions? I'm going to give you some answers. From this passage of Scripture, practically, what might it look like in your life, day by day, if you tried to imitate God? From this one passage of Scripture, 21 verses, I'm going to give you eight practical things. And they're all pretty simple, but none of them easy. And confession, I'm not very good at them. I mean, I have my days where I do some of these things well, and you have your days where you do some of these things well, but if we want to imitate God, this is what it kind of looks like more holistically. Does that make sense? I mean, there are things that, that you're good at that I'm not good at. And I think that's why we're better together than we are apart. That's what community's like. But there are things that are essential in the life of all of us. And I think these eight things apply to all of us. Are you ready? They're all going to start with the letter S. Okay? If no one takes notes, I'm just going to stop. First one. It's from verses 3 through 5. Seek purity. If you want to imitate God, seek purity. How much impurity are we willing to allow in our lives? Anybody see the movie Back to the Future Part 3? Anybody read your Bible daily? It's a totally different question. Back to the Future Part 3. There's one scene in that movie that I'll never forget. You know, this is the one where Marty goes back to the Old West. Okay, and so there's a scene at the dinner table where they pour him a glass of water. You remember this scene? Anybody? They pour a glass of water out of a pitcher, and the water is brown. You don't remember this? You guys, what are you guys watching? Just crime shows? <laughs> this nasty, like, well water. It's, it's what I guess they drank back in the day, right? I remember first time I went to Haiti, the girls are all drinking out of the cistern. And there were bugs in this stuff. And it was nasty. And we were trying, they all had, we were trying to treat them for all kinds of stomach problems. And then they'd go straight back to that cistern and start drinking this water again. Guys, how much impurity are we allowing to just stay in our lives? And we know it's there. How brown is the water? As Brock talked about it a couple of weeks ago. If, the, if it's in there, confess it. Repent and move on from it. Don't continue to coexist with things that the Bible says shouldn't even be named among you. Seek purity. How much are we allowing to stay in there that we know has no business being there? Second one is this. This from verse 6. Verse 6 says this, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God is coming. Speak the truth. Guys, there are so many empty words in the world. So many people talking about things that don't matter, that aren't true, 
Don't be like that. If you want to imitate God, number one, don't let anyone deceive you with those empty words. But number two, don't speak them. Speak the truth in love. Drop the pretense. Guys, when people ask you a question about how you are, tell them. I talked about this a couple of weeks. Fine is not a great answer when you're not fine. Speak the truth. The more you speak the truth, the more platform you have in someone's life. But speak the truth in love. Don't use the truth as a weapon to beat people up. The church historically has been awful at this. It's like, yeah, we know the truth, and you don't know the truth, so we're going to beat you over the head with it, and we're going to call it the KJV. Or whatever big Bible you have that you want to beat people with. Guys, the sword is not meant to be used like that. Speak the truth in love. Nothing more. Nothing less. Enough empty words. Speak the truth. Stop avoiding it. Is there something in your life that just needs to be resolved? Like you've held on to it for a really long time, and maybe you're just, you don't want to, maybe it's just a tough conversation. Resolve it. Just resolve. Have that conversation in love. First thing, seek purity. That's being an imitator of God. Second thing, speak the truth in love. That's being an imitator of God. That's walking in love. Third one is this from verse 8, and it's just one word. Shine. Just, just shine. At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. See, some of you get intimidated by this but you, because you think that the light is supposed to come out of you. All we do is reflect it. That's your only job. To walk in light is to walk in love and let the love of God shine on you and reflect onto other people. Think of it this way. You're a mirror. You ever been blinded by a mirror in the sunlight when the light just comes off of it? Guys, if we want to imitate God, walk as children of light. Just, and all that means is just let the light shine on you. And, and then don't keep it to yourself. Let it reflect onto someone else. It doesn't come from inside you. It comes from inside Him. So what's the first one? What's the second one? Third one? We are, we are doing great. This section over here is killing it. Fourth one. It's from verse 14. And this one, this one is kind of struck me this week. Verse 14 says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So the fourth one is stay awake. Stay awake. Guys, I feel like in a lot of ways, especially since February of last year, a lot of people took the pandemic and 
isolation and all that stuff as a reason to go into a spiritual slumber. To, to stop thinking about God's purpose in the world and become self-absorbed, self-protection, self-preservation, promoting their own agendas, a lot of different things. Stay awake to what God's doing in the world. The Great Commission still exists. It's still the only reason that the church is still here. Going, therefore, and teaching all nations. Stay awake. What's God doing around you? Are you, are you awake enough to see it? Or are you more concerned about protecting yourself, protecting those you love? Stay awake. Wake up, O oh sleeper. You know, this is, it's an interesting verse because it's quoted. Therefore, it says, but we don't know where it came from. Because it's not in the Old Testament anywhere. Stay awake. Wake up. Arise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Wake up to the things He's doing in the world. I don't know what He's doing around you. But you do. Or you would if you would bother to look around. Ferris Bueller said, have y'all seen that one? Life goes pretty fast. If you don't just stop and look around, you might miss it. The kingdom moves pretty fast. The Bible says that since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has been advancing by force. And forceful people take hold of it. Not sleepy people. Not people who are in a spiritual slumber. If you want to be an imitator of God, stay awake. And that just means be looking for the kingdom. And it, it, it always looks different. It might be the guy at the gas station. It might be the person in line behind you at the Burger King and God just prompts you, hey, I'm going to pay for their meal before they come. It could be a lot of different things. It could be random acts of kindness. It could be making yourself low and lifting someone else up. Stay awake. Number four. Number five I find in verses 15 and 16. Y'all still with me? Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil. I would describe these two verses with these two words. Spread grace. Just spread grace. Let grace always win the day because that's the best use of your time. Because the days are evil. Do you know this to be true? Grace is always going to be a choice for you. Because the days are going to be evil. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but I've come that you might overcome the world. You have to choose to spread grace. You have to choose to let grace always win the day. The Bible says don't let the sun go down in your anger. I struggle with that sometimes. Does anybody else? Bueller? Anybody? Second Bueller reference today? Because when I get mad, I want to hold on to it. But only in letting it go can we let grace win the day. And it's always going to be a choice because sin is always crouching outside your door. 
The Bible describes Satan as a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Do you think that he would just decide to leave you alone just because you love Jesus? No, that kind of puts you on on his radar screen. And you're going to have to make a choice to spread grace. To choose it. That's five. I've only got three more. What was the first one? Second one? Third one? Fourth one? This is like family feud. It's like we're reading the board. Fifth one was what? Spread grace. All right, y'all are doing great so far. Only got three left. Number six. It's from, uh, it's from verse 18. This one might hurt a little bit. Do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. I think this verse is a whole lot more about what's filling us, what we're allowing to fill us, than it is about alcohol. Here's my, here's my question to you today. What are you filling up with? What are you using to cope with life instead of being filled with the Spirit? This is one of those but God things that Brock was talking about. But be filled with the Spirit. See, the latter part of this sentence I think is much more important than the first part of this sentence. Are you filling up with the Spirit? Do you realize that being filled with the Spirit is a much better coping mechanism than anything else in the world? Ecclesiastes says this, that that God created man and put eternity in his heart. But he didn't have the capacity to understand it. See, there's there's this eternity-shaped hole in your heart that only the Spirit of God can fill And most people spend most of their lives trying to fill that with something earthly. So the sixth one is this. Sober up. Stay awake. Sober up to the fact that the Spirit is better than anything else. It is the presence of God living in you. It is the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. And it was given to all of you when you accepted Christ. Sober up to that fact. If you want to imitate God, sober up to the fact that the Spirit can fill you in ways that nothing else can ever fill you. Seventh one is this, and it's, uh, this one's kind of important to me. It's probably not on the same level of spiritual depth as some of the other ones, but it's in verse 19. Address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything. I would describe number seven as this. Share laughter. Share laughter. Be a a tour guide for the beautiful. Be an optimist. You know, why do we get together and we sing in church? Well, it's right there in that verse. 
It says, hey, get together and do these things because they're good for your heart. They're good for your soul. They're good for everyone. Be thankful. Be joyful. Share laughter. Be kind. Don't feel like everything in the world has to be so serious all the time. Don't be the frozen chosen. Don't don't just believe the Bible and be mad about it. Make someone laugh in the name of Jesus. If, If any of you have ever been to my small group, we seldom get anything done. But we laugh a lot. We share joy. We cry too. Share laughter. Number seven. Last one. You ready? Last verse. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission's a, it gets a bad rap, doesn't it? How many of you like to be told, submit? Would you submit? My dogs don't even like it, but they do. I mean... They're better at it than we are, right? If you've got a well-trained dog, they know when the master's in the room, right? But this says submit to one another. Guys, this is... Okay. Can I say this word in church? I think this is how you, how you submit to one another. You just serve your butt off. You just, you just serve. You, you make yourself low and you lift someone else up. If there's, a, if there's a nasty job to do, volunteer for it. Just do it. Serve one another. Submit to one another. Let me, this is not my idea. Um, look at Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read two passages of Scripture and then I'm done. Romans chapter 12, one of my favorite passages about Christian community. This is what it says. Verse 9, Romans 12. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Listen to this. Outdo one another in showing honor. What if we all did that? What if that became our purpose? Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outdo you in showing honor. I'm going to show you more honor than, than anyone has ever shown honor. And if everyone did that, not to be prideful, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Submit to one another out of reverence to the Lord. Serve. One more passage. Flip over to Philippians. Hey, flip to Philippians. Say that really fast. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. Just, just so you know, it, it's, it's, it's not just Paul's idea. This is what he says. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, 
count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. See, if you're in Jesus, you have this mind. This is not like something you've got to take possession of. It should be in you. And he says this, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God the thing to be grasped. But He emptied Himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in human in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He chose to make Himself low. If we're going to imitate God, if we're going to be imitators of God, then it would seem logical to me that we would be imitators of Jesus. And Paul says, hey, this is how Jesus lived. He made Himself low when He didn't have to. And you have this mind in you. Eight practical things. See, we can't just keep doing the same things and imitating the wrong things if we expect to look like God. I remember being a kid and the only thing I wanted for my birthday one year was a Superman costume. They were hard to come by back in the day. Okay? I mean, I'm talking about, you know, 50 years ago. And so you know what I would do? I'd get a towel and I'd put it around my neck and it was a cape. And I would stand on my headboard and I would just fly all the way about that far. And I would do it over and over and over again. And you know, before too long, I thought, you know, I'm really starting to look like Superman. But guess what? I wasn't. I was just doing the same thing over and over again. But there's more to being Superman than that. Guys, there's more to imitating God than just coming to church. There's more to imitating God than the amount of Him that we give ourselves. Does that make sense? If we want to really be serious about being imitators of God, Eight things. Give them to me one more time. Number one, seek purity. Guys, you can't skip that one. Don't just skip over that one and say, I'm going to share laughter. Seek purity. What? Speak the truth. Guys, we've got to be honest with one another. We've got to speak the truth in love. We've got to resolve some things. Have some conversations. Get them behind you. Third one, just shine. Let, let the love of God reflect off of your life. Number four, guys, look around. Just look around. See what God's doing and join Him. Get involved with it. Number five, spread, just let grace win the day. You're going to have to choose to do it. Number six, Sober up. Sober up. What it, stop, stop letting other things fill you when only the Spirit 
can number seven be a tour guide? Point out some beautiful things to people. Laugh a little bit. Make a joke in Jesus' name. Make Jesus smile. Number eight. Serve your butts off. Come on, church. If you want to imitate God, that's the way you do it. I, I don't do it very well. If you're honest, you probably don't do it very well either. But we can do better. Let's do better at it tomorrow than we did yesterday. How about that? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the simplicity of your word, um, but the complexity. Guys, it, it's only by the power of the Spirit and through the, the leading of the Spirit and the power of Jesus that we can do any of this. But let us not be imitators of the world anymore. Let us move past middle school. Let us move past our cussing stage, um, pretending to be Superman when we're not. Um, let us move on to important things. Realizing that all we have to do is take the next step. To walk in the light. Walk as, um, as wise, not unwise. God, it's just one step at a time. It's about walking towards something. And so I pray we would walk towards you. And I pray it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, let's worship in response.